0: You are listening to The Body Charge Podcast, and I'm your host, Sandy Sanderson. Welcome to The Body Charge Podcast. Today's topic is, what is the connection between ADHD and bipolar disorder? Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, and bipolar disorder share certain symptoms and traits substantial research has gone into determining the depth of this relationship. Additionally, the link between ADHD and bipolar symptoms is so evident that they're often misdiagnosed for one another. They can also occur simultaneously. An estimated 8.4% of children and 2.5% of adults are are, um, deemed to have ADHD. Symptoms include inattention or difficulty focusing and concentrating, hyperactivity and impulsivity. Whereas bipolar disorder, formerly known as manic depression, is a mental health condition that causes extreme mood swings that range from depressive lows to manic highs. In this episode, we'll tease apart what may be causing these behaviours. My special guest today is Linda Dyer, a Master Trainer and Coach of NLP and Matrix Therapies. She is also author of 13 books for self-development and empowerment, helping you to be the master of your life and destiny. So welcome, Linda. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is a big topic, isn't it? So it's, oh, you uh... think. <laughs> I mean, and and the incidence or the diagnosis seem to be increasing. Mm. It reminds me a little bit of autism I know. And, and, and that it's increasing at a, a very alarming rate. Um, and I think w- we need to really understand more what is at the basis of it, because um, I, I, I don't feel that the existing current medical system is really coping um, mm-hmm. they may have band-aids and aspirins and all sorts of superficial um numbing and dumbing medications that can, you know, take the edge off something, but I don't feel that they're really understanding the basis of what's causing everything to address the actual core issue of the problems. And mm-hmm. and this is concerning because if we don't understand what's causing something, how can we fix it right? So we're here all about self-help and working out how to actually Um, do things naturally using nature, um, um, nutrition, lifestyle practices to avoid the problems. So my first question for you is what kind of physical symptoms and presentations do people experience with ADHD and bipolar? And what um, are the things that are the same and what are the things that are different? Mm. So from my experience...
1: Um, I have found that one of the similarities between the two is they can both be calmed down by magnesium. And to the point where the ADHD child I was working with, he would say to his mother, you better ring that lady and get more of those magnesium flakes because he knew when he ran out that he was going to go back into old behaviour. That was interesting. So he knew he was a child. Wow. How the old was he? That,
0: um, About eight. Wow. So he had yeah, a he certain really level open. of awareness. Yeah, he had an awareness and he it was almost separate. It sounds like he was observing his body doing something that he couldn't control. Would that be like the expression of it? Like yeah, a muscle so for
1: him so for him um when he had the magnesium he could see that he was a different boy he could behave um better he wasn't so impulsive and he didn't have that like hyperactivity he had activity but it wasn't hyper where he would be getting into trouble with his parents um and annoying his child, his uh, sister etc cetera, etc cetera. he saw the difference and so we got him into the magnesium products soaking in a bath at night, but he felt the difference because for him to say, "Mum, you better ring that lady <laughs> so she can bring more of that stuff over. Thank he you. didn't really, you know, but he just knew that he felt different without yes. that. And also I know years ago there were hair samples done. There were three guys about to go into prison. It's as many years ago. And, um and, Myself and another lady who was a naturopath said, could we have them for one month and see if we can't keep them out of prison because of their hyperactivity and bipolar, their behaviours going in one direction or another. And we gave them – we did a hair sample. She did a hair sample and every one of them were magnesium deficient. A, we also then – um, gave them um, in those days um, a tablet, a D3 tablet with magnesium and calcium mm-hmm. in it, a natural tablet. And we gave them two, because um, this is all they could afford. And uh, We gave them two morning and two night and not one of them went to prison. Not one. Because their behaviours were noticeably and they noticed a the difference and then so did the people who were monitoring them. Notice the difference in the calming, Um, down of their
0: behaviour. So So I think there's a lot to do with diet. Yep. Yeah, there's been a number of formal studies published now showing a very, very significant link between ADHD and magnesium deficiency Absolutely. in that all of the diagnosed children in these studies with ADHD also had suboptimal levels of magnesium. So in other words, low low magnesium mm. in the tissue cells, that's mm. the muscle and bone because they store 99% of the body's magnesium. And you can't always. Uh, know what's in the whole of the body just from a blood test because that only has one percent and the Mm. tissue cells can sacrifice their stores to the blood to, to make sure the blood's in the normal range because your heart needs magnesium constantly so the blood supplies the heart and and that electrical rhythm and pulse has to keep going for your for your life right you have to you have to keep pumping that blood around the system and that requires magnesium so the blood the body gives the blood priority with magnesium. By the time mm. you show low magnesium in the blood, the rest of the body is much, much lower. And, you know, it can be actually very critical that not not long afterwards um, people can have, you know, really serious events, sometimes strokes, heart attacks. So So it's really important to keep the body in good condition with but effects. I think
1: it's sad that these this information that Sandy is not passed on by the medical fraternity uh, because there was a lady that stood up in one of our natural health talks and she said why don't the doctors know about this my son was kicked out of three schools when he was seven seven he was um, already knocking over teachers and what have you and she said so I homeschool him for 10 years and I've nearly died in that process because he picks up knives. He, he, when he goes off in the, I'll talk about bipolar in a minute, but when he goes off, he really goes off. And she said, somebody um, in this company did a hair sample, found out that his magnesium levels were below naught, and put him straight away onto magnesium. She said within three weeks, I have a balanced boy, she said, and she was crying her eyes out. Why don't the medical fraternity know about this? Why did I and why did that boy have to go through 10 years or 17 years of absolute hell before somebody outside of the fraternity could give us some relief and some information that assisted my son, which assisted me? She said, how sad is it? that we have to do that
0: yes and it can often happen in really nice well-balanced families with no emotional mm. issues or trauma within the family like things are going relatively well in the relationships but um children can become very deficient in magnesium can actually be born into the world with magnesium deficiency mm. the mother's deficient so that that the relationship on a physical level anyway when mm. that happens to children is that the um adrenaline starts pumping at, at excessive levels and mm. without enough magnesium to suppress it directly suppresses adrenaline it it goes rampant it does its own mm-hmm. thing like a muscle twitch that you can't control mm. hyperactivity is very similar it's something the body is doing involuntarily And you're observing it and going, why is my body doing this? I'm not giving it instructions to do that. And Mm. that's because the adrenaline is not being controlled. And But also
1: the nervous system takes over, Sandy. Yes. The nervous system actually takes over. This is where bipolar comes in. The nervous system takes over that part that is hyperactive and it believes that it is doing the right thing for you and it is now in control of your body with that part only, that hyperactive part. So that's why you don't change your behaviour because it's absolutely controlled by the nervous system
0: until we can make a, a help that it, person make a change. The the fight or flight syndrome, isn't mm. it? And mm. that's a beneficial thing for For survival of humanity because we need to be able to run away from the lions and the tigers you know from real danger but we also need to be able to recover and so what's happening I think with modern society is that we keep um, having this nervous system activated into fight or flight but it doesn't recover and so it wears us out it wears us down and then we get into this negative feedback loop that we can't get out of it's like a revolving door and the symptoms mm. keep increasing and then people And that's where you get the overlap. Yeah. That's where right. you get the
1: overlap. So you've got ADHD here you've got bipolar here and they overlap with part of this hyperactivity impulsivity inattention um but they've also got their own symptoms. So for me When I'm coaching people, when I, look, I went into a police station one day and he said, oh, what have you been doing all day? And I said, I've been coaching bipolar people. He said, well, you should have a full-time job here. (laughs) He said, every second person that comes into a police station is bipolar. I said, honey, everyone's bipolar. Think about it. We were born with mum and with dad in our psyche. So we have two parts. What's bipolar? Two parts. And then in those parts, you've got their mum and their dad. So when you're born, you start acting out on one of those parts. Now, if your parents were fairly balanced, that's not going to be a big issue. But if you had one parent that was really out there and one parent that was really calm... You may choose the calm behaviour and be deemed as being depressed or slow or what have you. It's a part. Or you may take the hyper road and you may might, might start acting out like the other part. And then we call this self-sabotage. So let's say you take this part and you start behaving like that part. It can be mum or dad. It can be granny or grandpa. It doesn't matter. But you used start because we copy behavior not for the first seven years everyone thinks seven years I don't I think it's 14 years even though we start thinking logically in some way between 7 and 14 we're still copying behavior so and we don't know what to do with this we've just copied this behavior and we start acting like it
0: how many parents
1: say don't act like your father or stop acting like your
0: you know. I, I think it's more prominent in the teen years, actually, because that's when hormones kick in. And that's when the differences between male and female become more prominent. So so children, I guess, are grasping at what's going to help me survive more. And mm-hmm. the way they perceive, as you said, each part or each parent, the way they perceive their success in, in behaviour is what they will mimic uh, and copy. But They don't always have the developed logic and maturity to be able to see it through the end or understand the full repercussions or consequences of their choices, and so this hyperactivity goes um, excessive manic expression of energy. They have to um, the adrenaline's pumping, the fight or flight. They have to do something and and you know it could be sport which is a good way to get rid of all that excess mm. energy but mm. what happens is with the crashing that's the depression isn't it the the mm. crashing is the energy plummets to then really low levels they spend everything and they go from one extreme to the other and not even the brain has energy so the brain mm. goes into depression
1: and they can even go into like uh, some of the people I've worked with they go they stay in their room they close all the curtains They want to be out of society. They want to do nothing. So it's all or nothing, and they're your part. So a part is something that's taken over the nervous system. So workaholic party animal. Um, It's totally in control, out of control. Like I was a totally in control person. When I got lupus, I'm out of control. When you're unwell, you're not in control. You've allowed your body to go to that degree that the symptoms are taking over. And then we get self-sabotage.
0: And this argument
1: that goes on. It's
0: like you're the passenger in a car that started to self-drive and it's not going where you want it to go.
1: Yeah, and you don't understand it because all you did was maybe, and you didn't know that you did that, but you maybe copied. And your mum's saying, oh, stop being like your dad, or your dad's saying, stop being like your mum. You don't have to be that rowdy you know but you're not in control the nervous system's actually taken over that part to the point where it's controlling you
0: that's really interesting because when you're pumping a lot of adrenaline in the fight or flight state the prefrontal lobe which is the logic part of your brain where where you think and reason starts to shut down and, and the blood supply goes to the limbic system, which is the primitive fight or flight. Because you don't have time to think. You've got to get away from the, the danger, whatever it is. You have to think and act very quickly. So the blood has to go to the muscles, has to go to the limbic center. So this, I think, is the expression of the bipolar. It's a get away from the danger because they're feeling unsafe. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen people diagnosed with schizophrenia with exactly the same symptoms. And there you go, schiz. Two, two parts. Mm. So mm. there's another similarity and another overlap. But and we they can actually have... deal with this. We can bring these together. You know, the great thing about
1: bipolar is the two parts can be brought together with hands that interlock, and we bring them to the heart. and And the other lady I did the other day, she was going like this. Her parts were really resistant coming together, and she can see that one was out of control and one was in control and she worked totally with her subconscious mind and she did not know that her hands were coming together how cool is this I love it yeah and so I inter- in, so I just keep asking questions asking questions asking questions and and they go up in in um, the dialogue is and the purpose of that the purpose of that the purpose of that until they what we call empty out then you start and these hands are like this yeah. so you're getting the the hand that is really low and doesn't really function well, coming in together with because we need them to see that both parts have the same intention for the body. We've got to that's come together. Incredible. Yeah, but they both have the same part. So if you've got a parent that's really gung ho and making you do stuff and do, that parent has the same intention for you resting and just relaxing. take it easy yeah Yeah. they have the same intention and we need to understand that, that both of those parts whether you're doing the hyper part or the low part the intention is for you to be the better version of you when we bring the parts together or we don't they do through our diagnosis when we bring those parts together the hands come together it's so and some of the hands are like this until they settle down we bring the parts to the heart we just get people to sit there for a minute because it's such a strange feeling to be central. have
0: this peace. Yes, because yeah. it's the focus, isn't it? You're bringing everything to the zero point to, yes. together as a whole. Whereas if it's apart and separated, it reminds me of a car that's out of tune and this part's not in rhythm with this part. So it's not working and you wear the engine out.
1: <laughs> that's exactly what I just did to my last car.
0: <laughs> you wore the engine out.
1: The water, which is the coolant, kept coming in and flooding the oil, which is the boom, boom, save the engine bit, keeps the engine going. That's really interesting, that scenario that you just put together because that's exactly what just happened with my last car.
0: Yes, so we have this interaction between mind and body. We Mm. have the um, low magnesium allowing adrenaline to pump um, in an unregulated way. Sometimes mm. without even reason, it might be a subconscious memory that's actually driving those feeling of stress and not feeling safe. When mm. when a human being doesn't feel safe, what happens? Mm. You get ready to run, or you get ready to fight, or you get ready to you know for action. And mm. so, what you're describing to me is helping people feel safe, coming mm. back into the center and balance and balance mm. working together. And mm. so the whole body then feels safe. When the body feels safe, there's no need to pump adrenaline to run away in flight.
1: So if you look at the words that that are described for both conditions, like impulsivity, all of a sudden when the parts can come together, um, they allow themselves to do that. In fact, I'm. Going to be doing one on a lady in Sydney next Wednesday afternoon before the Mind Body Spirit show. And the M in impulsivity goes; it's just pulse. We just have a good pulse. And the in in inattention goes; we just have attention. So it's quite interesting that when you bring those parts together, you lose the part that creates the hyper. Activity or the hypo activity, which is the low, and you get this serene balance in their life. They function, and and the tears just flow because they didn't know how to do that
0: before. Yes. And then they have an emotional response or a release, mm, which very is very emotional very clearing. It's interesting, too, that you're uh, an NLP practitioner, so that's neurolinguistic programming, and you also mm-hmm. talked about the hands. So I remember when I was at university, um, writing notes with my hands kind of drilled the information into my brain mm-hmm. deeper, at mm-hmm. a deeper level, because the hands are really important connection with the brain and how the brain decodes and mm-hmm. um Uh, understands the world around it is it dangerous or is it safe Mm. Uh, has to be decoded your brain's always interpreting messages coming from the environment from other people from relationships and if you miss something or or misinterpret it you can inadvertently go into that hyperactive fear Mm. state fear for your safety state Mm. um but by using hands and words which also program the brain, you can bring, as you say, the parts together and mm. restore the feeling of safety and therefore calmness. And when you're calm, you can think better again because the prefrontal lobe then gets more blood flow and more activity happens and people become more reasoning and then they can understand what's actually going on and then they're on the pathway to taking steps to uh, avoid you know traumatic or stressful events that may trigger these responses where they're not in control and they can start to do things to manage their own life to improve and become more um in touch with their body and symptoms Mm -hmm. and know when things are starting to escalate to nip it in the butt and switch it sideways to something else so do Mm -hmm. you have certain strategies that people can adopt oh absolutely
1: the um we do
0: Uh, One thing,
1: it's called um, anchoring. So you think of things that you would like to do. I get, (laughs) it was so funny because I did some on that little boy and his mother used to (laughs) chase after him around the house and press his knuckle (laughs) because this is called a strategy. So it's called stacking an anchor. So when you stack an anchor, so you can put on there all the things that you want yourself to feel. So do you want to feel confident? I like confidently calm because, to me, gung-ho, which is a pace I used to have all the time, is not something I want. I want to be confidently calm. And when you're confidently calm, you're actually doing it, doing whatever it is you want to do with an ounce of confidence that allows you to continue but not at
0: a rapid pace. You just keep going and and, and you're focused. Focused with with energy that's very uh, efficient because it's targeted isn't it with yes. the, with the focus you're not like a shotgun with energy going oh. in every direction diluting your efforts you can focus that energy and make yes. it more effective so that's really
1: so we do about five different things on that one knuckle so you just get one finger and on this knuckle you put things on like a time when i was happy and you go back in time the subconscious mind knows everything. In fact, it's a subconscious mind that runs your legs when you're trying to run away from fear. It's a subconscious mind that brings your hands together when you're doing a parts integration. So it'll be the subconscious mind. You'll go back in your subconscious mind and you'll think of a time where you were happy and that time will come up and you can anchor it. You only pick the the pulse, the top of it, and you anchor that. And once you've anchored it and you feel this going, you take your finger off and then you might do confidently calm. That's the second one. And then you might do a time where you were, uh, when I am do business people, I do eat the frog, which is a Brian Tracy <laughs> one. That means do the hardest thing first. Or if it's a school child, get that phone, get that homework done in 10 minutes or 20 minutes, right? Eat the frog, get the oh, hardest thing or, done first. Or
0: on your plate, eat the thing you don't like first. And leave well, that's another
1: down. anchor. We can actually anchor chairs before they sit down for dinner. But anyway, so we anchor this and we do five. We can do happy. We can do confident. We can do um, a time where you felt totally in control, a time where you felt totally loved, a time where you – and you can just go on and on about different – and you pick five. And then you anchor them, stack them on, hold them in, stack them on. And the day you need them, that day when you know you're not behaving in a way you want to behave, you press your anchor. Or let's say somebody triggers your behaviour. Now, for a kid, look, there was a child that came to my sports camps. I used to run them every school holidays. And the father said to me, um, I don't know why you haven't kicked him out of your sports camps. He's been kicked out of seven schools. <gasps> and I said, that's because school doesn't get him. I said, I get him. I said, number one, he is probably left left brain, left eye versus right eye. And I said, and I so I had a look at the guy and yes, he was left. I said, I bet you're left-handed. And what happens with a right-handed child, they follow a left-handed eye pattern and they can't recall anything. That's one of your biggest problems with ADHD and bipolar when they're a child. Nobody's recognized the fact that they've taken on the wrong eye pattern. We'll do that another day. Um, the second thing is that I would I would employ him because when he's with me, working and we only do twenty minute exercises at a time, playing tennis, playing soccer, whatever it is, that really suits him. So school doesn't get that. Yeah, I'd employ your son. And he couldn't believe it. He was just blown away because I understood, the way th- this boy behaved and I said but he's one boy in a classroom of 40 something you know which teacher is going to give that boy yeah. that attention between yeah, that- eye patterns and magnesium the need for magnesium and you know the, the parts integration whatever is needed the stacking of anchors how many teachers know this stuff and I, you know that's Not why enough. I wrote my books I wanted yeah. them to go to every teacher Creating Confident Kids was written for teachers to just understand kids so that you can work with them differently.
0: Yeah, Yes, and also recognise what they're able to process and absorb at different times of the day. Um, mm. And they already know that they do maths better in the morning time and especially if it's after some kind of exercise because there's more oxygen going through the brain. So I think picking certain times of the day to vary the you know, what you do, um, helps as well. And then the rest period needs to be a real rest period. Um, you know, kids need to be taught meditation at an early age that helps the brain function and it gives them a kind of a rest, you know, they can switch off, which is really welcome. Oh, I can just be in the space and I don't have to worry. and Mm. and that's really important it's all about recovery and in the magnesium world we're always talking about recovery because you can't help stresses are everywhere in the world stress is part Mm. of life but how well do you recover from the stress is the question Mm. body mind and and how do you take that stress like if the same experience
1: happened to you and then happened to somebody else it, Virginia Satir, one of the people they founded NLP on with uh, Milton Erickson, she said, it's not the stress that's a problem. It's how you interpret the stress into your system and then act accordingly.
0: Yeah, yeah? It, that's right. So we can- yeah. how fixated you are on something and so this mm. is part of the autism presentation as well mm. so they mm. tend to really focus and not let go of something mm. whereas someone who's more neurotypical and less autistic is more likely to be flexible and go oh okay doesn't matter move on and mm. so this degree of flexibility I think is the biggest difference between autism and non-autism and then mm. there are shades of gray mm. right <laughs> always <laughs> Yeah, well, that- no. So it's an interesting topic, and
1: I think, um, yeah, I, I, we, we, we work with it emotionally and nutritionally. Um, definitely with uh, magnesium, putting the the kids definitely into a, a magnesium bath at night, but also, um, getting them to rub magnesium on their feet before they go to bed. Getting mums and dads to do that when they're babies. You know, I worked with Dr. Sean Visvalingam, who's passed away really sadly because he was hit by a car, but him and I did a whole lot of work. We, we lectured all around Australia, the two hands of medicine coming together. And um, he said to me, he said, he said to an audience of 500, he said, ladies and gentlemen, I've learned more from this lady in nutrition than I learned in five years of becoming a doctor, because he said in those five years, we have one hour of nutrition. So how do they, how do we take our ADHD child to a doctor to have assistance when the nutritional knowledge isn't there.
0: And you know. doctors of old and days gone past were also more capable, I think, of addressing emotional issues. You know, the family doctor, and you've known them for a long time, and they come. what's going on in the family? What issues have you had? They, they actually used to look at the psychological side and the emotional side because we all know how big an impact that has on physical health. Mm. Um and the things are wrapped up but now it seems all separated and we're we're really missing um missing the target because it's all all over mm. the place and the schools know now that if they
1: diagnose that child with ADHD even if they show Look, I had one child come to my sports camps. I loved him. He would jump into the swimming pool, but he would have so much fun. He never destroyed anything. He never hurt anybody. He would play tennis. He was like five. He would play tennis and he would win. I loved him. His parents thought he was too hyper and put him on Ritalin. Mm -hmm. It broke my heart. He came to the camp and I said, I'm going to tell you right here and now, I will not be giving your son that tablet. You'll have to take him to another sports camp if that's what you want. He came in with a Linus blanket and his thumb was in his mouth. I couldn't believe my eyes. I could not believe my eyes. And then that day they forgot to pick him up. Both of them Wow, forgot to pick him up. And I drove him home and I was going to let them have it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking all the way there and I'm going, you know what? I just hugged that boy. I hugged him and hugged him and hugged him. I put him in the door and I just said, I'll see you tomorrow, honey. You have a great night. So and you
0: and I helped- didn't let
1: them, I didn't let them talk to me because I was not impressed. They were so apologetic. I didn't want to hear it. In other words, the reason why they put him on that tablet wasn't for him, it was for it was them. For them. Yeah. They and- want to work really hard because they want to retire when they're 45. That's ludicrous when you've got this yeah. child that's got this natural energy. I always say to people, if I was a child today, that I would have been naturally put on Ritland. You know what I mean? I mean, I wouldn't have taken it, but
0: that's because I've got this natural energy. My dad yeah. had this natural energy. You've got to really exercise them, get them to uh, let go of, of that pent-up energy, that that is like a kettle boiling and then the steam comes out and it's just exploding in every direction you've got to help them to learn to control it and the first thing is to make them feel safe and that's what you did with that little boy you gave him a hug you made him feel loved and safe and that he was okay and that brought him right down so then he could think and control his own mind better because he was mm. feeling okay. It's so the magnesium and the love and the hugs, everything is there to support. I'm okay. I feel safe. I think that's the overriding message to everything, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think, you know, when when I've got a mum that comes to me and she said, What would you do? Because she's crying. And I said, Are you game enough to take him off the Ritlin and put him onto magnesium just for three days? It's now Friday. You do it Friday, Saturday sunday and i'll tell you how he behaves on monday when he comes back to me okay and she did and she walked in on monday night and i went his behavior was perfect and do you know the only thing that changed that he then has to go to his dad the following weekend and it was easier for dad to put him back on ritalin it's and, so sad. This whole school thing—they
0: get more money if there's more ADHD kids registered for the school. Mama, it, the consequences, oh my gosh. the side effects are enormous, and most people don't realise that. And mm-hmm. studies have shown that um, they're more likely to end up on hardcore drugs as adults Absolutely. If they started off at like hormone, yep. hormone
1: times, especially at hormone times. Yeah, um, around fifteen to seventeen, around the mid twenties for a boy, um, 15 to 17, for a girl, and you'll see the changes. And then they people want to up. Everything's got to be up. No. Yeah. Quite the contrary. And, and However, some of them, it's the lack of knowledge.
0: Yeah, lack of knowledge and lack of good nutrition. And also we need to avoid toxins, chemicals, because sometimes they can be overstimulating as well. So it's really a holistic approach we need. Yeah. Uh, we're coming to a close. So, Linda, people want to connect with you and perhaps get hold of your books or or work out um, maybe a session with you where do they contact you how do how can they get hold of you sure please email me
1: my email is linda with a y l y n d a at linda dash great middle name isn't it dyer d y e r dot com linda-dia.com so um that's you you can email me and i'd be happy to i do a lot of coaching by zoom and um i've been doing this for a long time they call me the clearing queen yes. so that's what i love i love to yes. help people and the fact that i've done the nutrition the physical fitness and the mind allows me to work with you holistically
0: yes to bring us all together so we're not in mm. separate parts.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Thank you for your wisdom and keep going on this wonderful mission. I wish you all the best.
1: Thank you. And thank you. Thank you, Sandy, for allowing me to do this today.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay. So we'll chop it there. It's about to cut us out. So I really appreciate that. I think it went really well. I'm going to cut out that little bit where Peter walked in. I told him Mm. I was doing a podcast. He's so absent-minded lately. He's playing snooker with his friend next door. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'm just gonna give him an earful. <laughs> <laughs> it's it doesn't light. really. If
1: people are focused, I'll be. It'll be fine. They'll
0: blink and miss it. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I'm sure oh. Daniel will work some magic. He's good with the IT. Yeah. So, right, you,
1: you have a great I'm, day.
0: I'll send you the yeah. link when it's done. Yeah, great. You can and you also, can farm um, it out on Facebook. I thought we had two weeks,
1: but I think no, we don't. It's no, we have Wednesday. to go next week.
0: Yeah, we're here this weekend and it's yeah. set up next Wednesday. Peter and I, I know, flying I, down on Wednesday. Because I thought
1: I was helping set up, so I actually got my flight for Wednesday as well. But now I'm going to coach a lady
0: uh, at my son's house and I'm going to do the bipolar. Oh, nice. I'm doing the
1: parts with her, yeah. You should so do like
0: a little bit of a video afterwards. How did you feel? Like a little uh, customer review type thing, a little bit of a chat and load If it she's up open to it, I will. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. to help other people, you know, if you want to share, other people might get something really good out of it. Yeah. I hope you like this conversation and will share it with others. Hear more from Body Charge on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on blogs, podcasts, videos and magnesium special offers at electromagnesium.com.au. Relax, recharge and recover.